0: Hi, everybody. My name is Stephanie Puccio and I'm coming to you live from the capital of Albania, a tiny country just next to Italy and just above Greece. I am the producer, host, and editor for Geopets Podcasting, who is hosting this first ever Global Women Podcast Editor panel. So we have four panels this month every Tuesday at varying times to accommodate four our wonderful global guest that we'll introduce to you in just a second, that I will introduce to you in just a second. But first, with this, these panels started because of conversations I was having in private women podcast editing Facebook groups, as well as after publishing an article about those groups. And so I wanted to have another platform because that wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. I wanted to talk to women podcast editors more. So I created these panels and it's part of Geopet's Podcasting, which normally talks to podcasters or podcast listeners but this month I wanted to talk to podcast editors oh yay our fourth panelist is here
1: hi chubby hi emily
0: and stephanie thank you very much for the efforts. hi Hello. I'm, just, I'm just doing the quick intro so hold on just one second I also have a podcast editing newsletter and I will send the links to everything that we're talking about in this panel to everyone that signed up After the panel's over, I don't want to overwhelm the chat room with tons of links, so I will send that out to you. If you haven't already registered for the event at Eventbrite, please go on and make sure you're over there so that you will get all of those links. Okay, that is enough about me. Now it's time to meet our wonderful global panelists. Emily, can you start us off?
2: Yeah, sure. So hello, my name is Emily. I am based in the UK, not far from London. And I am a freelance podcast editor. So I am self employed. And I have a range of clients who actually are all female. I don't especially work with females but that's just how it is at the moment which is fantastic. I love creating that space for female voices to be heard and and more females to be to be seen in the business world and space and I have been editing audio now for about two years but in the last 12 months that's where I've really kind of gained momentum and more female clients and I've have kind of learn a lot more in the last 12 months as well so I am actually self-taught and that's something that I feel like my learning and education is always always growing I'm always looking to uh kind of raise my skill level my abilities and sort of look into the future I'd love to get into like producing and kind of bringing shows together and work on creating and the you know the content and bringing that side together as well so that is me
1: Hey, hi, Stephanie. Hello to you, Emily and Chavi. I'm really happy to be on this panel with you, ladies. Amazing ladies. I followed your work, and I am really intrigued. Oh, uh, so my name is Emily Nfunoyi. I am a freelance journalist based in Cameroon. I cover issues affecting women, girls, and children. I also double as a podcast producer, host, and editor. And my podcast is called Black Truths with Emily. So um thank you to everyone who has joined. It I'm really glad you could have joined because this is going to be an amazing conversation.
3: Fantastic. Chavi, can you go next? Sure. So I'm Chavi. I'm in Mumbai, India, and I have I wear a lot of hats in the podcasting mm-hmm. field. And one of them is editor, and that editor ha- actually has two descriptions as well. Because I edit content, so I'm a podcast <laughs> series editor, and I, that means I look at scripts and I decide what should stay and what should not be in the podcast itself, if it fits thematically with the other episodes in a, in a theme or in a, in a series and things like that. And I also do sound editing, but at a very basic level. Like I am, I'm not a sound designer. I'm totally self-taught. So when I'm producing uh, for myself and for clients who can't afford great sound engineers who've like school for it and stuff and don't need extreme amounts of audio magic, but just like basic levels of, you know, make it sound decent and people can understand what's going on. Then I do that kind of editing as well.
0: Great. Okay. So I think you both, already talked about what kind of editing that you do and one of you had mentioned in, that you wanted to talk about how to make your editing more efficient Ooh. so <laughs> i'm not going to jump in on this one immediately i'm going to wait a few <laughs> for you guys to do this so who wants to go first how can you make your podcasting more efficient or are your podcast editing more efficient what do you do
1: first off I'd say i started off as a news producer and so the experience in editing news reports, editing magazine programs for, and micro programs for the newsroom, the state uh, media where I formerly worked really gave me the push to start a podcast when because my, my, my uh, satisfaction wasn't really met in the kind of news production we're doing and I really needed to do something very different. And to be more efficient, I needed to think of how, how my needs in the media haven't been gratified. What are the stories that I want to tell, that I like to tell, that haven't been told. And so when I get to editing it, I put myself in the shoes of the listener. I want to pay keen attention to what my sound is like. What does it convey? At what point is the sound coming in? Was it wasn't probably the best of sound in my very first uh, podcast episode. But I think in the, in the following, in the later episodes, I, I tried so hard to make sure that I I I put in criticism. Critiques that came in and try to make a better podcast. But I think it's been four months since I last produced any episode, and now I have to produce any. I think the edit will be better because I'm conscious of what kind of sound to use, how my listeners react to the kinds of sound sounds I use, the kinds of music I use. How do I compress? How when do I expand? When when is it really necessary to to use um a multi piece? Uh. A lot of that I learned gradually. I learned gradually as a very young podcaster. I've just been a year old in podcasting. Again, because the Cameroon is not something very explored. That makes sense. So, <laughs> other thing is, apart, apart from the way people listened and gave me feedback, I I, I, I always find, find, found it very doubtful when a lot of things are paraphrased or a lot of things are just written. So... When mm-hmm. my listeners get to listen to interviews that are firsthand what people are saying, but I also need to be conscious of what they are saying. So I there's there's some things I, I really need to edit out because at the end of the day I need to put in everything I learned in journalism. What how am I protecting my sources? Mm-hmm. How am I protecting um, the interviewees? How how am, I, how am I also protecting whoever is, is listening? Because it's not everything that you listen to that is probably good. So I have to play the role of the host. I have to play the role of um, the editor and the producer all of this has been quite challenging for me to reading editing and then putting out the script out there and so it's basically challenging i think podcasting is something that you learn by the way you go by the, the more you produce episodes the better you get it's like mm-hmm. me listening chavez books i think it's something like books and bounds some
3: some it's something Bound. about yeah, books it's, i listen
1: yeah it was really yeah, Books and Beyond. It was really great the way she put her sound together. I was, And even your trailer is so beautiful. I, I really loved listening to your trailer. Sometimes I got
3: caught up and I felt I was listening to the entire program. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And if you've got the first podcast we'd ever made, you would never have said any of this.
2: <laughs> oh, that's true for all of us, I think. <laughs> I think people are so surprised to hear how time intensive editing a podcast can be and I think everyone's always looking for ways to speed that up. For me what I've really found I edit using um, Adobe Audition so I found a few little things within Audition that have really helped me speed things up. The first one is to the to match loudness. So you, I just load all my tracks in and hit match loudness. So at least I know I've got a consistent sound level across all the tracks, because that's definitely one thing where you can spend so much time like tweaking like this one up a little bit and this one down. Da, da, da. So that's my first one that's really sped things up. What else do I do? Oh, I love using like auto gates to get rid of silence on tracks. And I think as well, like I've just much the same as you guys now, I can just read the sound waves that I know what's an arm, I know what an and looks like, I know what a sigh and a tart look like. So I'm just so much quicker now at just taking those bits out. Those are my immediate ones. Anyone else? I'm sure lots of more will come to me as we start, as we get into it.
3: So, you know, with cleanup of, of audio tracks that other people have done, I now advise, I also do workshops now, I advise people who are, I'm training, if they are recording a monologue, like by themselves, either a narration track or an intro, or an outro, but not with a guest, not with an interview live, mm. I, I really try to tell them to make my life easier by recording fragment. Don't don't re-record fragments if you stumble, like rewind yourself and start from the beginning. Yeah. And then I tell them basically to use what studios do which is to make a, a clap or a snap so that I can see it faster. Yeah. So it really helps speed things along if they do cooperate. And uh, I, I really urge them to do that. Of course, if there's like, I, I tell them, you can't like act like, you know, you've got a genie and be like, clap, clap <laughs> with yeah. random guests on your Zoom call. But it does help quite a bit. Uh, the other thing I do is I get transcriptions the run through AI. So honor is uh, really helpful yeah, very no, bad no. with an indian accent but uh, still it's still helpful as mark of who's saying what and of course scanning or skimming through text is so much easier because you i i can't i i mean do you guys speed listen i can't really do that
0: no no
2: never I think no. The most
3: the most i could do is like 1.2x if i'm scanning for something in particular mm-hmm. But I can't. So at least with the text, if I have got timestamps, I can find section faster when it comes to features or narrative. Like that. That's a that's a tip. I'm
0: happy for sure. For. for sure. Now I can't even time listen when I'm doing it as a listener, let alone as an editor, because a lot of the things I take out are, especially in my own projects, are are little things that you can't hear if you no. go too fast. Yeah. What do I do to make mine more efficient? I think I'm still working on making mine more efficient. I'm I'm searching around and playing with a bunch of different DAWs to find the things that each do best because I I feel like that's one thing that I would like to play. I I that would help. Like the what clipboard you in- currently. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> currently, Hindenburg. I'm on Audacity, Audition, and Hindenburg, but I'm leaning heavily towards Hindenburg right now because it is. Easier to use with my internet connection, but I don't like the waveform at all. It's very ugly, and I think it's harder to pick out nitpicky things that I want to Mm. do.
3: It doesn't allow for a lot of fine tuning. I've worked in audition for a bit, and I've worked in long like Pro Tools, not at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. There used to be Cool Edit a long time ago. Microsoft, Mm. I think, made it. Yeah, and uh, I think Audacity works really nicely for certain things but then Hindenburg the clip feature for narratives is just you can't beat it it's so good
0: yeah and I'm still I'm also like you both mentioned uh, self-taught and so for me leveling has been by far the hardest part of editing and I love the auto editing or the auto leveling that Hindenburg does I'm addicted to it it's not the exact sound I want all the time but it at least is a consistent sound so I really love that that's I don't have to think and stress and try to maneuver so many different parts of it. Any other thoughts on efficiency before we move on? I don't use so many presets. I feel like I should, but it's always one of those things that
3: I, I'm always like, when I have some free time, I'm going to watch a few more tutorials and learn how to do this so that when I start my next project, it'll go faster and that name. as well
2: yeah I'm exactly the same and I had the other day someone was talking about just having your um, templates all set up so that for every like because I work on a number of different podcasts and Mm -hmm. they said yeah have a template for each one so you're not always adding your effects and your presets each time and exactly the same I'm like when Mm -hmm. I have the time I'll make all these (laughs) templates (laughs) <laughs> Every, week to week I'm like nope I'm just here again doing the same EQ yep. like am so glad you said that I am
0: so glad the you said that never
2: comes that you're like yeah. oh I can have a day free that I'll make yeah. all these templates mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: exactly agreed 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 and part of me wants to ask about like like organizational templates also like in Notion or Airtable or things like that oh. But, but I don't want to know the answer because then I'll have more things to put on my to-do list. Yeah. I have,
3: (laughs) I have a tutorial saved, bookmarked, ready to watch as soon as I have that time slot for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It will never come. That time will never come because that's just not how it goes, is it? It's kind of (laughs) like making a deal with yourself, like, oh, I'm going to do two Mm -hmm. hours of this on every Friday Mm -hmm. or something, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it always comes along.
0: Uh, always, always. I have Friday as my day to catch up and it's always mm. packed. So I never really get to the <laughs> other things that aren't <laughs> on the oops, couldn't do this Monday through Thursday thing. We have a, a question from the chat room. Yay. Um, so Hannah is asking any opinion on using Final Cut Pro X for audio editing? Have, have you, have either of you used that? So I haven't. I have sound engineers who do. I've observed
3: them. Really not very qualified to answer. It just Seems I mean, the output is always excellent, and I've seen him doing really wonderful crossfades and super good mixing of sound design features mm-hmm. and music. I just feel like the investment in learning all of that, plus also the cost of the software, has always mm-hmm. precluded my having jumped in I and used it.
1: I really don't master a lot of editing software. I actually mm-hmm. mastered just one, and it's called Mesia. I don't know if you've ever heard of Macia. What is it called? No, oh, it's a N-E-T-I-A. It works in a network, in a newsroom network. E-T-I-A. Oh, oh, I haven't yeah. heard that one. That Definitely cool. check it out. It's really simple and nice. It works in the newsroom uh, network. That's what I learned. Basically from school, I got into a newsroom. And that's what I learned. I have not been able to learn Adobe because I find it quite quite difficult compared to the Nasia I have known. Mm-hmm. But I think as a podcaster, important to learn more than one editing software because you Mm -hmm. cannot always depend on one like right now my editing has been halted because i don't have access to all the options of the macy i have installed on my laptop Mm -hmm. i I have to displace myself to go back to where i used to work previously to have to produce more episodes and i Mm -hmm. and i want to work from the comfort of my home given the the trying the pandemic the, so yeah. that's the biggest I have so far. But I think before the year runs out, I'm going to learn um, how to use two other editing softwares for my for for my own personal growth and branding because mm-hmm. I think I should
3: produce more episodes. It's highly on demand
1: in Cameroon. Be- Software is
3: licensed. Is that what you're saying? And you don't have the full version? Is the soft like is there the full version? Is that your previous workplace and you don't have the licensed version with all the different options and features? The the different app only works in the network of so, so many. Oh, okay, got it, got it. It's like, yeah, there's like different search engines and stuff that you can only the, use when you're okay. uh, uh, machine. Gotcha. It cannot just work. It can only function in a new, uh,
1: the single editing piece. I cannot have, I, I cannot mix a double snippet. I cannot mix, I have a multi, multi-piece editing. So I can just do basic editing. I cannot go beyond that using that so I always have to displace myself to go back there.
0: Emily what's your experience with uh, Final Cut Pro X?
2: Zero experience. My my sort of journey if you want has been I actually started out editing on um, Premiere Pro just because I was taken over from someone else and she was like this is what I use and I can just show you how to cut and delete Parts, so that's Mm -hmm. how I started out, and I did that for a little while, and then I switched over to auditions, and I've I've been on an audition now for a year, and then I would, I do really want to try Hindenburg because I've Mm had so many good things, and Mm -hmm. I feel like it would make my life so much better. But again, it's the making that chunk of time to learn it and actually transition over. But I Mm -hmm. know in the long run, it would be really good. Someone said to me the other day, like, "Oh, don't you find audition just really?" a very manual process for editing and I was like but it kind of is a manual process right like there's little things you can do to Mm -hmm. lighten the load but it's always going to be manual because you've always got to listen and actually
0: right use your fingers and cut stuff yeah yeah Yeah. it it, it is manual but it's a manual with a million options
2: yeah Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, I liked Audition. It's just Hinden. I end up using both Audacity and Hindenburg. If mm-hmm. it's music heavy, I end up use. I like do the cleanup and do my mm-hmm. clip cutting, especially for narratives, uh, through Hindenburg, and then I actually put those into Audacity if there's music, because you can mm-hmm. fade and mix much, much better. I mean, sorry, Chris, listening from Hindenburg.
0: <laughs> That's how it is? <laughs> well, I think the the tool makers. <laughs> the doll makers they must know that there's things that their tools do better than yeah. others and some that they don't so i mean i don't think mm-hmm. that's a, too much of a secret although if he is listening <clears throat> why yeah. why the waveform why is it like that i can't <laughs> i can't deal with this it's just so hard so <laughs>
3: they you know the origin story and not to get too far off track is they developed mm-hmm. it to be used in um, yeah. community radio stations mm-hmm. and it needed to just be as intuitive as possible so it doesn't have too many bells and whistles
2: so when you say you can't, you don't like the waveform, is it like it's quite hard to, to like
0: read it? No, it's, it's half. Oh. It is half. It is half. And for me, like with the, with the waveform, that audition and, I think Pro Tools to and see. Audacity to is, it's, it's the full thing. So I feel mm-hmm. like I can see the words better and maybe yeah. I'm too reliant on my eyes. But with mm-hmm. Hindenburg, it looks like there's a bunch of extra stuff at the bottom, which I know doesn't the make no, sense. The noise, the ambience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, narrow. so it, it's harder for me to identify where to cut but yeah, it's, it's hard for me to see the exact sp- spot where a word or phrase starts and where it stops and yeah. where it lets you click to, to copy and cut and do all that is slightly frustrating to me. With
3: mixing, like mm-hmm. you, you, impossible to get like a, you, it's, it's drop off, like it's a gradient. You can't do waves to fade anything in or out.
0: We haven't talked about yet what kinds of podcasts we, we generally edit. So can we just do a quick round of what types of podcasts you usually edit? Chavi, can you start us off?
3: Sure. So I've actually done a bunch of different formats. So the monologue of The Easiest. I do some interview podcasts where it's two voices, host, narrator, and we generally mix in the intros and outros in any sort of music bed last. And our um, features, which means multiple voices, up to maybe eight voices, with a lot of um, ambience collected on, on the field. And those are what I normally do myself. And those are really time. So
2: yes. the podcasts that I work on are interviews and monologues.
0: Okay. And Emmeline? I do pretty,
1: pretty much what they do, but my style is sometimes very undefined because I work according to my mood, according to the inspiration of the ground. So, and I don't, yeah. I don't edit, like, unlike Emily, I don't edit for brands. I think what she's mm. doing is really amazing. I haven't gotten to that stage yet. I edit solely for myself. Mm. And I, I like I already said, is because podcast is not something that a lot of people know about. A lot of people want to do it. They ask me, how do you do this? And I explain to them, and they find it so, so difficult. And they don't really know. I've never also known that I could tell people that you can come to me, I'll edit your podcast. You just have to record, and I take care of the rest.
0: The sound in your podcast is amazing. The mu- the way you weave music in is absolutely brilliant. So whatever Thank you're you. doing, you're doing it well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I should answer that too. Okay, for mine, I'm mostly <laughs> doing interview stuff. For my own, I podcasts, it's interviews. And for my clients right now, it is interviews. I don't really want to branch out to stuff that's got many, many different voices. Like I don't see myself doing audio fiction in the future. I like interviews. I like listening to interviews. I I think I'll probably stay here for quite a while. But we have a question from Shibs. They they said, are there a few go-to techniques you employ for complete thoughts or un- Comfortable silences in the middle of sentences to make the transition to the next thought easier?
2: Well, the rule of thumb I kind of apply is to just use your best judgment as a listener so exactly as we were saying before when you're editing you're also the audience right you're taking that point of view and I'll often I think incomplete thoughts are so natural I just did it right then it's such a natural way of speaking and and I think in an interview format I don't think that's a problem like I will leave some incomplete thoughts in if it sounds more natural then, having a cup that's quite audible and jarring and then leading into the the next question, so I'm quite comfortable to leave like some incomplete thoughts in because I think that is a natural conversation, and I think people listen to podcasts because they enjoy natural conversations between people. I think a lot of people use podcasts for that connect that feeling of connection and company, so I don't think it's a problem to to leave in some natural phrases like that. Silences, I do tend to take out just because, again, I just, in my best judgment, I would prefer not to have those silences. But I think as well, you also have to just be conscious of the pacing. Like sometimes I will leave in a little break because otherwise it can sound like someone's speaking very fast and I would rather have quite a comfortable, like natural pacing to my episodes Mm -hmm. as well. I don't know if you guys agree and if that's a similar stance that you would take.
1: I agree with Emily. It's going to sound like dead air if you leave um, some seconds of silence. But then again, like, you, like she said, when you're editing, you become your own audience. First, you're your first audience. You have to judge the material, the content you're sending out. And editing is also a spontaneous process. You, you get to say, but what if I leave this two seconds of dead air? it depends on the content you're editing you could be editing a really sad topic a very problematic topic and and you decide i think this could be an element it could bring in an element of something but the dead air shouldn't go above 3 seconds i think because above 3 seconds it could sound like there's a break there is a breakage and a fault in editing sort of inefficiency so it shouldn't be too long for me 2 seconds is just okay
2: Hmm. I hate when you're listening to a podcast and you think that it's stopped do you ever guys mm. get that yes. and I think oh is it stopped playing and then I look and I'm like yeah. no it's just a pause that's so annoying yeah I usually <laughs> I blame the network yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah
3: So I was uh, working with the BBC on a podcast I was doing with them and uh, I've, I, I've never heard it put into numbers like Emily just did like three seconds but that sounds absolutely right I just <laughs> count and that seems like the upper limit but the phrase that this uh, my editor content editor not sound editor was using with me was she said you have to land and this Mm -hmm. is and I was also doing the narration I was hosting this program so I thought that made a lot of sense that's and and you know just like you said silence is an element of sound and dramatic Mm -hmm. pauses are overlooked sometimes like Radio Lab do you guys listen to Radio Lab I hate Mm -hmm. the pacing of Radio Lab I find it really invasive because it doesn't let me stop (laughs) and think about what I've just taken in there's just it's like boom 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 and like there's no time to process Mm -hmm. so I would rather go slower Mm -hmm. and let people think about what has been said now, in, with, with the question Shibs asked about incomplete thoughts, I, I, I agree with both Colin and Emily. You want to keep it as natural. But I've had clients who wanted to get rid of every you-know. So we we so, did a season. This is, is a particular music. client. And in the first, the first episode, there was a lot of you-knows and uh which is how they normally talk. By the third episode, they had become super self-conscious of it because they'd listened back. and, But they were still not able to control it. Right, because this is not, their, that's not who they are. They're not presenters, they're not hosts, they show up for an, they, they wanted to do 12 hours in their lives to do a season, and then they'd go back to just being whatever they do. Yeah. So rather than making uh, a conscious, it's effort, a because conscious a effort because of a conversation, they couldn't stop their mm and you knows, they put it on me to get rid of them. And it was impossible. It sounded like robots, Mm -hmm. where if you just take every single interjection or vocalized pause out, it becomes so clinical and so wrong. So eventually we gave them a sample and we're like, okay, look, this is what it sounds like. We can do it, but it's horrible. And your listeners are going to know. So either stop saying it or let us leave it in because yeah. it's going to sound really terrible
2: sometimes in those situations as well I just try and find like a happy medium like I have a few clients that don't like they feel self-conscious that they 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 go mm, yeah you know yeah. so I just try yeah, and I, maybe find the middle ground I'll take where I can get away with it I'll remove some but then I'm like you need to have some of them still in there because it sounds natural and
0: yeah. normal yeah Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw a wrench in all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do tend to take out repeated words if they're, if they're so often. But if it's next to another word and it sounds choppy or starts clipping, absolutely positively not. I don't care what the client or my ears say. It's staying in there because that will sound unnatural. And that's when the robotic stuff happens. But as a listener, when there's too many repeated words or too many false start sentences, it bugs me. So I, th- I think I edit like I, li- I listen. Um, but for my clients, I, I have a talk with them at the beginning on what level of that they want. So it's up to them. But for my own podcast, I do tend to take out a lot of extra words and phrases and sounds and mouth sounds and all kinds of stuff. But silence, I agree with Chavi on silence. Silence is powerful. Like there are moments when you want it to be in there, and if you take out excess si- silence during an emotional moment, then it feels like the t- people talking about the emotional moment aren't actually processing the emotions, and that's just really bad. So yeah,
3: yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jemmy's got a comment, and I would like to respond to that. Um, yeah, when there are split tracks and somebody is going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I definitely take it out. Awesome. I do trainings for hosting, interviewing as well, mm-hmm. and uh, this is what we call radio manners. You mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that because as as a host, you're the what I tell my clients is you're the proxy for the listener. And as soon as you step in and go, mm-hmm, you're breaking that that intimacy and that illusion that your listeners have that they're part of it. And you remind them that you're there and that they're not. So I really, really push people not to do that. Unless there's a split, like <laughs> just do whatever you want. I'm going to mute you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So crosstalk. So Chavi, do you do that just for sounds in crosstalk Or do you do it for when people talk over each other too?
3: It depends. So okay. but when I do stuff with clients, you know, their, their whole idea is to put forward an idea or a brand and there's, mm-hmm. it's. More formal, there's not much room for crosstalk. If that's happening, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. These are not, these are very structured conversations. For general conversation, I haven't done too many panels. And again, I think I've scared them all into behaving themselves and talking <laughs> of it.
2: I love that. Radio <laughs> manners, I'm making a note of that phrase.
0: Oh. yeah, I break that too. I break that a lot, especially when it comes to laughter. And not so much sounds or ahas, but laughter and talking over each other, if it builds momentum, I tend to consciously keep that in because I feel like, although it will break the listener post or speaker barrier, I I think it kind of builds emotional connection between the people talking in the podcast. So it really depends. It feels like a lot of these answers are, it depends on that exact clip. Yeah, <laughs> Emily, what do
2: you do? Speaking over each other with when I've got separate tracks I try and minimize it as much as possible but I will say over the last 12 months because so many people are recording over zoom another Mm -hmm. challenge that's come up is when they when people speak over each other it it completely cancels out the sound so a lot of my clients are, are recording over zoom or Zencaster it doesn't happen as much but you know these platforms that you can use to record remotely but if I do have separate tracks I do try and minimize people speaking over each other as much as possible just because I feel like maybe it's I don't know I'm just trying to build in a bit more of a structure to the conversation in terms of question and answer but then also I like to foster the feeling that there is a rapport between the guests and the host as well so if it's a bit of like laughter or someone interjects with like a little joke or something some of those things I will leave in but exactly like we've been saying I think it's all dependent on on that clip right and yeah it's just kind of using your best judgment as as a listener like what would you want to hear how would you best respond to that and then and then applying that to it really
0: let's wrap this up with the question that one of the panelists I think from one of the other panels this month because we have four of them quick reminder we have four panels she asked what we can do to make editing more accessible to people with different abilities so however we want to interpret that how do we get more women into the space, more comfortable podcast editing and more willing to talk about what they do, how they do it, and and make it just totally normal for us to be technically podcaster-y. Chavi, do you want to start us off?
3: Oh uh, sure. So I'm I'm not qualified to talk about making it to people with disabilities because I just don't know. I guess I'm super privileged and I just you know can use all the tools that are out there. When I when I talk to uh, people who are starting out, what I tell them is if you can use Microsoft Word mm-hmm. or Google Docs and you know how to Control C, Control V, Control Z, and a Control A, you can yeah. guide them to actually Audacity, which is free open source software. And I also tell them that there are a hundred thousand tutorials online, and it's if you can do cut, copy, paste, and you can do it and and just be systematic and break it down into the processes like where do you start and then you know micro to macro mm-hmm. so i encourage people who don't have a sound engineering degree women who are just wanting to put their own words out to always edit i say so mm-hmm. you can't you can't just run something from start to finish as is let me remind you you are not as articulate as you think you are and definitely your guest is not so you must <laughs> must edit your listeners need you to and yeah. start with audacity and then mm-hmm. with Hindenburg uh, again I you know, it's so intuitive to use just not mm-hmm. very many bells and whistles and I, I I tell everybody that it's it's uh the first one will take a long time but slowly of course you get faster mm-hmm. then if you want to pay somebody to do it most most of the people who come to my workshops are DIY podcasters and mm-hmm. the passion project they, they can't so I just try to tell them that, yes, it will be hard in the start, but just do the first one and you'll find it's all coming
0: together. Right, and right, that's right. It. I just encourage them.
3: I don't really do anything else to make it.
0: No, but that is them. something. <laughs> yeah, no, encouraging and showing them. And what we're doing today, hopefully, is, is part of inviting other, other women into the space and saying, look, it's... Uh, you don't have to go to engineering school. Look at You them. don't have to go to engineering school at all, ever. At any point. But you can, but you don't have to. Emily, what do you think? How can we get more women into the space? Yeah, no, just exactly, exactly
2: as Chavi says that, because I always had a little bit of a hang-up in my mind that I was self-taught. And it, it that actually is not a barrier. It's not a problem. Exactly as you say, there are so many resources online to to help you. There is so much out there for free. And exactly if you can copy and paste add cut to that and you're away like you can you can do it and I think it all sounds very overwhelming and it sounds very tech heavy but it does not have to be there are so many programs out there that will simplify it for you and if you just want to get started you don't need to worry about mixing and levels and things like this you can Mm -hmm. just cut and delete and export and that's absolutely fine yes it is time intensive at the beginning but You will get quicker. And I would just say, like, don't let the tech side of it put you off because it really is no more techie than, yeah, using Google Drive. It's absolutely fine. I think there's just terms that make it sound kind of like bigger and scarier than it actually is. And yeah, even when it comes to recording podcasts, like, Yeah, you can have a microphone and all these cables and leads, but you can also just use your iPhone. That's absolutely fine. So I'd say start where you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and you can always
0: build up from that from that place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Emmeline sent in a voice message on WhatsApp. So let's play with this. Let's see if I can get my volume up high enough Mm -hmm. to see what she said.
1: I'll talk from my case study, which is here in Africa. In Cameroon, I just know one female podcaster. And maybe that's because one thing led to another and I met her. There could be more. So I think what actually stops many people is access to technology. Not many people can afford for laptops. When they do, internet connectivity is a problem. And when they do, the competence is also lacking. and so. We may, not be, we may not be able to teach a lot of women how to edit, how to do that, and we cannot do that in a month or two. It will take time for them to learn, for them to make out time. Uh, not everyone is a full-time podcaster. Other people have things to do, and so podcasting may just be a side hustle. Uh, I think what we can do, me, for example, i a say, moving on, I'll do what MD does i'll put it out there i'll tell people i encourage you to join podcasting i can help you edit your podcast within this uh, time frame just get to me the record and i'll edit it for you and for just a token of appreciation and then we can have a we can strike a partnership sort of it won't really be a pay because it may weigh a lot of on so many people but that, that's how I think we can encourage, in this part of the world, that's how we can encourage a lot mm-hmm. of women. Because technology, let's admit it, is not really a, a thing that a lot of women like to delve into. They just shy away from, and it takes the extra push to have to uh, mm-hmm. learn technology, learn all the tools that they are in. Personally, I don't have a lot of tools to work with. So I'm trying so hard. I'm working so hard with my uh, freelance writing mm-hmm. to get a lot of tools that I can install a studio within my house
0: and work full time. Wow. 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 Was that audible? Mm. Yeah. Okay, great. Great, great. How do you handle style in podcasting? I don't know. Have we handled style enough in this? Cause we talked about, Certain aspects of style like how to deal with spaces, how to do with crosstalk. Is there any other aspect of style that you consider when you're podcast editing?
3: Well, I guess the radio lab kind of style, we touched on that. Music. Do you guys use beds? Do you guys use a lot of intro-outro music?
1: Okay, so here's an insight on, on how I use music in my um, episodes. When I set off writing my script, I really don't think about the kind of music I really want to use I just write intro outro cue in cue out and but in the course of editing that's where there's a lot of spontaneity for me I could even change my script while editing I could really just stop there and record something else so that same thing happens with music I could just remember what this last line tells me something oh my last four paragraphs uh my last two lines speak to me and I go back and I search music on my laptop and I use it. So one really has to be- have an open mind. Uh when you listen to music you have to keep it in mind. I listen to music about um poverty I listen to music about wife battery. So for example I have a podcast episode on rape a lady whom I interviewed, she was raped four times. And I remember there was a song that had just been released that same month. I was producing that episode. And it was um a group of young men singing about a little girl who was raped by her dad. So I used it and I particularly used a portion of a sniper of the of the music where the girl was crying. She she was actually wailing. That is what I used and I used the part where uh the the artists were conscientizing parents and rapists to stop the act so that is what I, I use and uh, it's very important to credit the artist and to also specify that we do not have credits to that music uh, we do not have rights sorry to that music we are using uh, another thing I also do when when I edit I also remember to use very strong music that empowers women. For example, I like to use Juliana's songs. Juliana' her title of the song is "Woman," a warrior is a woman. I, I do a lot of things on women, so I use songs like that to really empower. Especially after I've spoken uh, about a very um gloomy topic a lot of where women have suffered a lot i I like to use music that empowers them at the end of the day so i use songs like that which speak to them and i do not have to speak a lot again because the music has done so for itself so that is basically how i use my music and it could go from um it could go from classic to um Something really solo, but I really like quiet music so it doesn't rush, it goes with the pace of my podcast and goes with the tone. Because so far, I haven't done really happy topics, I've done
3: really gloomy topics about sufferings that people go through.
0: I use music as transitions, I've never gotten good at having it as a bed and having it sound the exact same when I'm doing it as when it's in its final form, so I gave up on that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I just use it between talking segments and different parts of the episode and I just fade in and fade out like crazy to mm. do that so that's that's pretty much it but that's for my podcast for my clients I haven't had anybody really want music yet thank goodness because that's that's a skill I think is going to take me a little bit more time to master and I think in interviews I don't know that we need a lot of music I don't know
3: I think it yeah. used to be a, a like a not a fad what is the right word like it used to be a, a trend a template yeah, yeah a trend yeah, some time yeah. ago and now I think it's become much more at least I prefer the much more minimalistic
2: mm. a, a lot of the shows that I work on I'm trying to think I think all of them bar one have music at the intro and the outro and then also music transition ins you know what I'm trying to say for <laughs> an ad and for me like trying to find that point in mid-conversation to cut to transition to music to then have mm-hmm. the ad is such it's such a challenge just trying mm-hmm. to find like a natural place for it yeah and and I'm always like it's always that internal question of like, when should I start the music? When should I fade? Like, when should I start the fade? When should it come? It's yeah, it's that is something that I run into probably on a weekly basis that I'm like, does that sound good? And then I'll listen to it back. and I'm like, I think I could fade that a bit more or the music could be a bit lower. Yeah, it is. It is a bit tricky with music, actually. I think it does take it's almost like a different listening skill to Mm -hmm. just just conversation for sure yeah
0: as a listener I appreciate how much effort folks that do audio dramas do but mm. as an editor I just don't think I have the patience to do all of that what I don't like especially is just solo episodes where they have different kinds of music overpowering their speaking and I'm like i mm. I, I, I hold myself back in e- sending a lot of emails to those folks and like, stop, my ears are hurting. <laughs> even if it's a good, but even if it's a good level, I still feel like it's overpowering because then I'll get lost in the music and I won't listen to the words, but that's me as a listener. So, mm. and people are so individualistic. So I really wonder, I don't know what that balance is with music and the background or sound beds. no. I did hear, I don't know if you guys have listened to the Barack Obama and
2: Bruce Springsteen pods podcast on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I heard one and um, they had a really good use of music where Barack Obama, I think was speaking about his grandfather. And then this music started playing and it was like really evocative. And then that led into the ad, I think. But I was like, oh that was really clever that was really good but I think that's the only sort of recent example where I can think like oh the music really added something and really Mm -hmm. brought something else to it yeah 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 okay
3: where do you guys find music I guess that's a question that I'm always struggling with I go to a lot of free sound libraries and I know at least in this I differ from my sound engineer friends because Mm. they have like like, you know a hard drive like a one tb hard drive and i don't know how they've acquired this but it's like oh you want this kind of music and then they'll open a folder and be like okay here are some options and i'm like it would have taken me eight years to find five x because yeah. I'm a system i don't have a library for yeah like
0: yeah for the music for my network i actually asked A musician i know for one song and he sent me an album so i've just been using that for two years and i have a whole episode where i interviewed him too that was really fun but other than that i don't know i keep i keep making notes when people recommend different places to get music Mm -hmm. and sounds like different libraries but i see that as being a very big rabbit hole that i'm not sure i want to go down Mm -hmm. i could see it taking like a week to pick a five second it does yeah. yeah and, and I... you can put in keywords and
3: still get thousands of hits yeah
0: mm. yeah I
2: used to offer it as part of a, like part of my services to mm-hmm. say like oh I can source your music I can send you recommendations for music and I actually just removed it because it was t- so time consuming yeah yeah, I, I thought no I don't, actually just don't wish to be part oh of my God. choosing music
0: <laughs> yeah okay we've got four minutes so let's wrap this up can we quickly go around and say well I'm going to have the links wherever you consume this in the future whether it be on YouTube or in Geopats podcasting podcast that's a lot of podcasts in one sentence I will have the links to everything that we've talked about and everything and, and, and all of the the panelists and everything like that so we don't need to necessarily go around and do that but if there's a, a, a quick close Closing thought or something you'd like to say to the audience before we go let's do that so quick closing thought emily
2: if we're speaking about just you know females getting into podcasting and editing then i would say 100 just go for it and the first one you do it won't be the best one but just just get started make something put it out there and just start to get comfortable and totally just give it a go There are also so many helpful people like, like yourselves, like there's so many people you can ask as well. So don't be scared to ask questions and connect, connect with other people. I'd say definitely start, do
3: everything Emily has asked you to do. And maybe if you are still not 100% sure what you're doing, instead of saying this is going to be your first episode, maybe say it's episode zero, like for private consumption. Yeah. Share it with people in your cohort who you trust, so not not your pals, but maybe people who do listen to podcasts are your pals, or on Facebook or on communities where there are podcast editors. You know, you could even sign up to get a mentor in certain groups, ask for some feedback, and then after that, do episode one, mm-hmm. and and you'll
0: find uh, it should help. But don't stop there. <laughs> definitely don't stop. Never stop. Once you get in, don't leave. Don't leave us. We need you. We need your voices. We need your, we need your skills. We need your, your mice. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need you podcasting and, and editing and all of that. All of that. Yeah, it can be a steep learning curve at the beginning, but start simple and keep going.
1: So first off, I'll point out to the fact that because we are all women on this panel discussing podcasting, we don't have a man here telling us uh, that this is how it works. We are women telling other women that this is how podcasting works. Already, it's a motivation for other women to understand. Okay, there is actually already a good number of women in this field doing this, so it means I can break through uh, and do it too. So particularly where i come from i really just know about one female podcaster there could be more but i think it's already not enough that i know just one person i should be able to know 5 10 20 if not 100 women who are into podcasting but i do not know them um i, I know a lot of women who are into blogging and i think that is not enough but i also think that is a problem of lack of skills and it's not enough to point out the problem I think I should be able to tell them this is a solution and the solution starts with me I should be able to tell women that bring your work to me for no token at all I'm going to edit your work all you need to do is just to see it find a way to record and bring the um, raw the, the raw tapes to me and I am going to edit it for you and really mix all the sweet sounds in it and make your podcast really come alive and that's a way to encourage women but i will not just end up editing the work for them i think i should further uh, help them reignite those skills or help them discover those skills by teaching them the basics of podcast editing what software works for me what could work for you or how is it accessible to you I use what is accessible to me so I really think it's important for everybody to use what is accessible to them so and it's also important to learn more than just one editing software so I I think I'm going to be tweeting a lot of on that I'm going to be talking to women a lot on that that. Whenever I'm invited to any panel um on-site to talk about, on-site uh, on to talk about maybe female entrepreneurship and empowerment. I think I'm going to be telling women, do you know that you can do a podcast on cooking if you like to cook? You Do you know you can do a podcast on... Um, on fashion you can do a podcast on any line of duty that you are in and that will really work for everyone because we really always being the podcast when we think of podcast a lot of people think oh you do news you do news I, I basically do documentary and news but that's not what all what it is to podcast there is podcast on uh, for example Chavi does pod, it has a podcast on uh, books so that's interesting that a lot of people can talk about how writing books is like the experience is like and you have someone like Emily who edits podcasts for other people people and brands it's i i have learned that i can edit podcast for brands and just help their products put their place their products on a very good skill for them to sell more and that's another form of income sourcing so i'm going to be talking to a lot about podcasting to women and i think we should be talking about it a lot online because a lot of women are online these days so we should be talking about it a lot like podcasting is something that can bring in some money if you can do it for older people but maybe it doesn't really pay off so much if, because that level of monetizing is still very hard
0: quick housekeeping if we if i may if i may yeah i may we have three more <laughs> panels this month they're every tuesday and i will put the link more really important that you can find it. But you can also go to Eventbrite and search for Global Global Women Podcast Editor Panel or just Geopaths Podcasting. That's probably easier. And you'll find the other three there at varying times. I shudder to think of me trying to do time zones right now because that's not going to work. Again, I also have an editing podcast newsletter. Check the links. I will have all that information there. Or you can go to steffuccio.com so you can sign mm-hmm. up there. I also need to mention big shout out to Ronald Paredes amazing graphic artist friend of mine who did that and he is open to other work if anybody needs a logo. again i'll have his link in the show notes and video notes and everywhere this will will this will exist thank you to the audience by all means i loved, i love i love all of the questions that came in today we had some different things we weren't planning on talking about that were fantastic and It was so amazing, so amazing to have people engaged in doing this and for us to be around the world fighting technology to have this conversation. (laughs) Please share the information about the panels with anybody you know who might be interested. The tickets are absolutely positively free. We also do take donations at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geopats, G-E-O-P-A-T-S. Thank you to our panelists, Emily, Chavi, and Emmeline. For all of you coming on today at varying times throughout your day <laughs> because of time zones, thank you for coming on and for, for sharing your podcast editing experiences with us. Happy to. So thank, thank you. you. Thanks, I, mean, you. Yeah. I think I've said thank you 700 times. I wonder, <laughs> have, have we said podcast or thank, or have I said thank you more during this Transcription yeah.